Welcome back everyone to another Mediascope Brief. This time I want to talk a little bit about one thing that happened at VidCon amongst the many things that happened. Neo and Naya Rivera are going to headline a YouTube Red series, which is the most ambitious series to date according to TubeFilter. So this was announced last week at VidCon by YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki. It's going to be called Step Up. So it's a forthcoming Step Up series adaptation that would be among the most ambitious product or project. It is a product, right? Project to date for Red. Uh, and if you don't know Red, YouTube Red is YouTube's premium subscription service. There have been several casting announcements made for Step Up High Water. This is going to be a 10 episode drama based on the blockbuster dance movie franchise. It's slated to debut on Red this fall. The series is going to star song, uh, singer-songwriter Neo, Naya Rivera from Glee, and Faison Love from Elf. You know him, the, the comedian. It's also going to follow a group of young dancers at Atlanta's High Water Performing Arts School. The production is currently underway by Lionsgate in Atlanta, according to Variety. So High Water's executive producers include Hollywood heavyweight Adam Shankman, who also directed the pilot, and Channing Tatum, okay, and Jenna Dewan Tatum, both of whom starred in the original Step Up movie. The series will feature music by Grammy winner Jason Puber Boyd, just who uh, produced for Justin Bieber, and Jingle Jared Gutstadt for Brad Paisley. The film's original choreographer, Jamal Sims, is going to return for the full step first episode, though subsequent installments will be choreographed by Jamaica Craft. So there are a bunch of other uh, interesting cast members. I don't know, are you excited to see that? First of all, do you have YouTube bread? Second of all, would you be excited to see another step up? Here's my thing with the step up movies and these series franchises. I have an issue, you know, here we go, with um, <laughs> taking the whole appropriation thing. So even though Neo is in it, even though um, Naya Rivera is in it, I don't know if she's dancing in it, the original first step-ups tended to lack diversity in terms of who was dancing. And I'm like, this is street dancing, and I don't see enough, quote-unquote, folks from the street in it. That's just me. Maybe this is going to be different this time. We shall see. But in any case... The news be that Neo, Naya Rivera, and a bunch of others are going to headline Step Up the series. Okay, cheers. Mediascopers, welcome back to another Mediascope Brief. I'd like to talk a little bit about TV, cable, and more specifically, AMC. Today, they launched a new version of their platform. They launched an ad-free version of their platform, of their network for Comcast Xfinity customers. It's a service called AMC Premiere. It's going to cost $4.99 a month. That's $5. You don't fool me with the one penny, Comcast and AMC. And it's going to feature current episodes of shows like The Walking Dead and Into the Badlands. And those shows are going to air at the same time as the live ad-supported broadcast. So it debuted today and they call it a soft launch and they're promising more content and features will be added over the summer. Things like short form content, curated movies with uncut bon and bonus scenes, uh, episodes, and then exclusive interviews with casts and showrunners. This move is giving AMC Networks an opportunity to reduce cord cutting and then the resulting erosion of 
revenue because of that cord cutting. Their ad sales declined by 6% in the first quarter, okay? And, but this is, it's not just them. They're in good company with a lot of other cable net, in, in the traditional cable network world because they're losing because of cord cutting as well and the unbundling and everything else that's happening in the streaming world because there's a lot that they're competing with that are luring away customers, myself included. Turner, Viacom, and Crown are the other companies that uh, pledge to reduce ad loads as a way of shoring up viewership. But AMC is the first to go all the way ad-free. Interesting. So... They said that uh, they told the Wall Street Journal that the $4.99 price point is reasonable considering that many TV series offer single episodes for $3. There's always a segment of viewers that are willing to pay that for a more premium experience, they said. Okay, well, is that you? Are you willing to part with $5 a month for a premium AMC experience? Are you into The Walking Dead that much that you really don't want to see ads and will pay $5 for it? If this is you, I'd love to hear from you. If it's not you, I'd love to hear from you. If you don't care, I'd love to hear from you. Just call in and let me know. Sound off. Okay, guys. Cheers. Hey everyone, what's going on? It's Tachi. So, as you know, and I've said several times before, I'm Nigerian. I was not born in Nigeria, but my parents were both born in Nigeria, and I spent many a summer in Nigeria. And there are a couple of us here that we know about that are of Nigerian descent, and we've been having a ball recalling all things Nigerian. And the biggest debate? Jollof rice. Whose is better? Ghana's or Nigeria's? All of us are here to say that Nigeria's rules, and in fact, we invented jollof rice. How about that? Not really, but I'm just saying we did. It tastes like we invented it. So I'm going to share a couple of clips of an exchange between Tese and I talking about the wonder that is jollof rice. And I'll explain jollof after. Hey, Tese, what's going on? I hope you're having a great Monday. Just wanted to weigh in one more time on this Nigerian Ghanaian jollof dichotomy or continuum, whatever you want to call it. They can talk until on Twitter or Snapchat or whatever social medium of choice till the next millennium. Theirs will never be better than ours unless Jesus Buddha and Muhammad himself get together and make this rice. It won't be better than us. That's the only way. I'm telling you. <laughs> so Nigeria still wins. Cheers! So let me take a second to explain the wonderfulness that is jollof. Jollof rice is a rice that has a lot of different things cooked into it. So tomatoes, tomato paste, tomato sauce. You've got different spices like curry. You can, uh, of course, salt, pepper, uh, you, all sorts of different spices, but you don't want to mess it up too much. You also have what's called, quote unquote, local spice, something like dried crayfish or dried uh, shrimp in Igbo, dried uh, crayfishes, ayaya. So you've got to have the ayaya. That acts as a nice extra spice, the dried seafood. You've also got, uh, you can add beet, chicken, curry, uh, curry, chicken, goat, lamb, um, beef. So I tend to be a purist and tend to like it without meat in it and do my meat on the side. But <laughs> think I won't eat it if there's meat in it? I will. Uh, you also can add things like onions, of course. Now, that's really where I stop. Again, I'm a purist. 
There are some people that add mixed vegetables and things like that, but that's probably the Ghanaians because they don't know how to make it right. (laughs) I'm kidding. Anyway, but I tend not to do vegetables in it. I tend to like those things on the side. If you've got good jollof, you don't need all the accoutrement. All you need is a bowl of jollof and a spoon. Let me tell you, Nigerians, we don't eat stuff with forks, that type of thing. Rice with a fork. You don't eat rice with fork. Ngwa, go and bring ngaji. Go and get a spoon, okay? You use a spoon to eat rice. It, and tell me if I'm lying, Tese or Chiso. You use a spoon. <laughs> so all you need is a bowl, the jollof rice, and a spoon, and I'm good. I don't need bread. I don't need meat or any of that. So I'm saying this to say it is the most wonderful thing ever. And I maintain, Nigeria wins the crown in terms of the wonderfulness of jollof rice. All right, stay tuned for some more Africanisms and Nigerianisms from those of us that are Ndi Naija or from Nigeria on here. Okay, cheers. And now it's time for another caller. You say what? This is the segment where I take listener call-ins and I answer them or give insight on them or whatever it is I need to do. And we have one from my new friend, Damien Black. Let's take a listen. Hey Tachi, um, I just got finished listening to the segment on um, on the PlayStation uh, Network accepting pitches for shows. That was hilarious because it was like the first part of that was like yay, then the last part of it was like ah, and so I I had to echo that shit on my station. Um, I might even comment directly on that. That's hilarious. I was like yay, that sounds interesting for for writers and you know show creators and content creators, blah blah. blah. And then it was like, oh, they own, own your stuff. So it's like, mm, nah. <laughs> Not my particular flavor, but hey, if people have throwaway content, then sure. Like, if <laughs> I mean, I have, I have freestyles that aren't going in, on the projects on my station, so I probably put that kind of stuff there. But yeah, that's other than that, that shit's crazy. Hey, Damien, I know, when I first saw the story, I was like, oh, how cool, and then, mm, yeah, I don't think I want to pitch, because I want my content, I need to own everything, because you know, the power is in the ownership, so, I guess if there was something that you were just kind of so-so about, and you didn't mind if they kept the idea for, that it would be okay, otherwise, mm, I wouldn't recommend going that way, or at least I'm not going to go that way, but you know, nothing is for free, so it sounds all well and good, and then even if they do use your idea, what? That's all? You know they have the money to do a lot more. So it's kind of like this um, undervaluing of talent again. And the whole thing is you want to get into the industry so bad that you're doing those types of things. To me, it's the same thing with these contests of, oh, okay, I really want to do this. But instead of, you know, I really want to be a host for XYZ show. But instead of them going through auditions like normal, sensible human beings and picking somebody who, you know, or a few people that they can bring in for the final auditions, They ask, hey, get your friends to vote for it. Or, hey, whoever has the most votes as of what's the name. And so you spend all your time marketing yourself and it may, hell no. So I'm just anti those types of things. I'm I'm like, if you have talent, don't waste it on stuff like that. That's just me. All right, cheers and thanks for your comment. 
Happy Friday, Mediascope friends, all my friends on Anchor and beyond. Welcome to another Mediascope Brief. I hope you're having a good Friday or Saturday. Let's talk media. I want to talk about podcasting, and I probably have talked about this before, but I just have to reiterate how salient podcasting is. So this year, according to a study, podcast ad revenues are expected to reach $220 million this year. Yes, expected to explode in the U.S. to the tune of $220 million, according to the Interactive Advertising Bureau, also known as IAB. This actually represents an 85% increase over the recorded revenues of $119 million in 2016. And the IAB found this in their first ever podcast advertising revenue study. Uh, over 11 weeks of using historical data from 20 of the industry's largest players. The study also looks at podcast ad revenues in 2015, which totaled 69 million. This means, my friends, that revenue grew 73% in 2016. So for comparison's sake, the IAB uh, did a, an internet advertising revenue report, and they found that overall digital video advertisement amounted to a whopping $9.1 billion last year, a 53% increase over the $5.9 billion in digital video ad revenues in 2015. So this is right in line that everything is growing together. What else did they find in this study? Well, they found that marketers prefer ads read by podcast hosts as opposed to those that are produced by brands. And that in 2016, revenues for dynamically inserted ads or ads that can be swapped in and out of on-demand content increased substantially. However, direct response campaigns, and those are campaigns that are designed to prompt an immediate response from consumers, are still the most prevalent form of podcast advertising, according to this study. So, you may be onto something with your podcast. I'm hoping we're onto something. My good co-host Kevin and I, you know we co-host TV Channeling, the podcast all about television, film, entertainment, and of course, TV, <laughs> which I said. So feel free to take a listen to us. We're all over the place. But that's why this interested me so much. And I know a lot of you all have other podcasts. And we are podcasting here. This is actually micro podcasting or mini podcasting. So you know what I'd love to know from you? Uh, what you think about this study? And if you have a podcast and what it is, I would really, really love to know. Drop me a line. Okay, cheers. Welcome back. It's time for another Mediascope Brief. We're talking television and we're talking Netflix. Now, it's no secret that Netflix has revived several shows that have died on terrestrial television. For example, Arrested Development, Longmire, and Degrassi, the next generation, for those of us who know and love Canadian television. Well, generally, they're taking other network shows and reviving them on Netflix. Well, now they're taking their own shows that they've canceled and reviving them. That's the news because they canceled Sense8 earlier this month and they're bringing it back 
for a two-hour special that's going to be released in 2018. So since 8 came from the minds of Matrix co-directors, the Wachowski sisters, and they've gathered a really passionate fan base, and they pled with Netflix to carry on the show after the cancellation was announced on June 1st. So initially, Netflix insisted that Sense8 was done for good, but it appears that they have reversed their decision. They published a letter on the Sense8 Twitter feed, and they revealed, or Lana Wachowski revealed, that she and her sister will um, get a chance to end properly with a two-hour finale. Oh, so for those of you who are Sense8 fans know that in 2018, you're going to get a two-hour special. So beyond that two-hour special, we're not sure that there are going to be additional episodes of Sense8. It seems likely. Although Wachowski um, talked, said that uh, you never know. So... If they're going to increase the volume of cancellations going forward on Netflix, it's nice to see that they're at least willing to listen to fans because the voices of fans are often too loud to ignore. Okay, so let me know. Are you a fan of Sense8? I never got to watch it. I still can because it's on Netflix, so it's not like that's kaput. But I'm going to check it out. Let me know if you're a fan and if you're happy about this two-hour um, special that will be coming up in 2018. Or will you have forgotten by Sense8 by that time? Anyway, drop a line, sound off, cheers. It's time for another caller, you say what? This time we have Danger, who upholds the old adage, there's no free lunch. Take a listen. You know, talking about owning content, you you do realize, I, I think everyone probably has assumed this, because Anchor is a free app, but you know we don't own the content here. The content we create can be owned, well, is owned technically by Anchor and can be monetized, and we don't see a penny of that. Did you know that? Yeah. Aw, man. Hey, Danger, thanks for calling in and weighing in on that. You know, here's the thing. This is with any app. This is with a lot of contests that you are creating content for. You have to be aware of the terms of service when you use any app or when you enter any content, what the terms and conditions are, because it could very well be that they own your content. By the way, you, you've got to read the fine print. It's only that it was so out in the open with this particular contest you were able to, to find that out and then if you're still okay with that it is what it is but the majority of us never read the terms of service when it comes to using an app we don't know what's there and then we want to get angry but it's like well they told us in the terms of service yes albeit they hid it underneath a whole bunch of malarkey and you couldn't find it but they did put it down there in writing and that's what matters and so the bottom line is of course the content they Anchor can use the content for promotional purposes, etc. And yeah, they, they technically can monetize that. Um, so it's up to you uh, to decide whether or not you feel that the free 99 nature of this app is worth it for you to put a lot of content here, or if you'd rather distribute in some other way, or if it's a combination of both. Being able to uh, it, it may not be such a, a terrible thing or such a bad thing. It really depends on what your and what you want the end result to be. Yeah. In any case, make sure you read the fine print, folks. Cheers. Wow, a seventy-three percent jump in ad revenue. That's that's amazing. That really just bolsters like my belief that 
people are desiring to take more control and have more an, of an active role in the things that they consume. So it really only makes sense, you know, like that that the ad revenues are going up with the quote unquote less traditional um, avenues such as podcasting, you know. Um, on top of that, uh, I'm a fan of um, Bill Burr's Monday Morning podcast, and I also watch a uh, I also uh, consume Kevin Smith's uh, video podcast, Fat Men on Batman, um, with Mark Bernardin, and I love when both of them read the ads. I prefer those ads. Those are ads. I'll I'll sit through 20 minutes of that of that stuff, like for real. Um, and so that point that they made in the article was a thousand percent on point. I a thousand percent agree. Even when they're making fun of the product and the copy. Either way, that's my two cents. Damien Black, welcome back to the station and for adding your two cents. Have I ever told you how much I love your name? It's so melodious. Damien Black. It could be a private label liqueur or it could be the name of a fashion line. I love it. In any case, you got to use it. In any case, uh, yes, it shows just how excited the same excitement that you used when you were talking about the two podcasts that you follow religiously shows why ad revenue is up and why it's so important. We love podcasts and we love to consume podcasts. The people we hear on podcasts, sometimes it's celebrities, but often they're people just like us who are talking what we want to hear or saying what we want to hear. So I'm not surprised in the least and I'm looking forward to getting my finally got a piece of the paha high of this ad revenue share from the podcast because you know I got one. Anyway, yeah, thank you so much for calling in, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Cheers, brah.